Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We're dealing with no disobedience to the evolution. And uh, I'll be dealing more a little bit. He's taking the practical side. I'll do a little bit of uh, the spiritual side so that we have the balance like we said before. Now for everyone that is called we know that definitely there is a vision. I'll make you see much later there's, there's an overall vision. An umbrella vision for everybody. But within that umbrella vision which is God intending man to become like him that's the umbrella vision. I'll make you see that from scriptures. We have our visions within this vision. Everything we are doing is to bring man back to glory. To be like God. So, within this spectrum of God's intention, you are called to do something. You see, the call of, for instance... Uh, of Apostle Paul that we're dealing with in particular. They called him so that he can take the message to the people, both to the Jews and the Gentiles, of redemption. Right? So, whatever ministry you are engaged in, whatever role you are playing, even in the church, is connected to the overall vision. So, for your part, you must hold strongly. For instance, if we look at Genesis 6 and um, we read 13, we find that God gave, if you're reading from Genesis 6, 13 through, um, we may not have time to read all of that, through 6 or 16, you'll be able to see that God gave specific instruction to Noah. Right? What was the vision he gave to him? Build an ark. And it's all towards redemption in that which he wants to do. Now remember, we're dealing with no disobedience to the heavenly vision. When Noah was to build the ark, it was specific. And he did it according to the specific instructions. So, what we model in the ark, which is the earthly dimension, must agree and be taken from the heavenly dimension. Praise the Lord. So Noah built according to specification. It was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The instructions given to him. So that means the instruction given to you actually defines your vision. Praise the Lord. Moses, for instance, again, Exodus 25 verse 40. Exodus 25 verse 40 The Bible says And look to thou make them after their pattern Which was showed thee in the mount And so when you read Hebrew 8 verse 4 For if we were on earth It should not be priests Seeing that 
There are priests that offer gifts according to the law. That's Hebrews 8 verse 4 and verse 5. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. Praise the Lord. For see, said he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. Build according to the instruction given to you. Again, like I said, very good definition. Every heavenly vision must be executed on the earth. What Moses saw was heavenly. But it has to be structured on the earth. And it has to be patterned after the heavens. The vision that you got. God asked Noah to build an ark. But God asked Moses to build a tabernacle. You must understand and define the vision God is giving to you. Moses built a tabernacle, but the pattern given to Noah was an ark. We're going to see this much later. Maybe I'll rush through, so I'll just do one section, whatever. But you see, when you take time, we'll go there later, to ring the song of Solomon. He said, you don't need to look at me that I'm black because I've been living in another man's feet. So, it's like if Moses were to go and execute the work of Noah, he would suffer from deficiency. I don't know if I'm getting this. We'll touch it. In First Chronicles 28 verse 11, First Chronicles 28 verse 11, reading to Verse 12 and then verse 19 and then this is what the Bible says. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof and of the treasury thereof and of the upper chambers thereof and of the inner palace thereof and of the place of the mercy seat and the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the course of the house of the Lord and of all the chambers round about of the treasures of the house of God and of the treasures of the dedicated things. Then we go to verse 19. All these, said David, the Lord made me understand the writing by his hand upon me. Even all the works of this pattern. I want you to see this. This is the key. All this thing I'm asking you to do is what the Lord showed me. And, and I like the language. You see, the Lord made me to understand in writing by his hand upon me. That means it was a revelation of the Spirit. So he told his son, because God said, you can build me. He told his son, this is what God instructed me to do. And so if you are, for instance, like he was saying, working in the team, you don't have to build your own pattern. 
you build according to the one that God, the handwriting upon his life. Solomon was not going to build something different than what God showed David. So you can't be an abstract pastor or, you know, whatever department you are, and you are trying to do your own thing. No. It must be configured into the spirit of the one that got the vision. Whether you are a male leader, choir leader, worship leader, whatever thing, it's hard to synchronize to the spirit of the one that God wrote upon his life. Praise the Lord. One of the things you should always ask yourself when you are doing a job or doing any part of the ministry that you are occupying or carrying on is if pastor were in this place, what will he do? If my senior pastor was in this position, what will he do? What will come to his mind? You see, you must key into the spirit of the one that you are working with. That is how you carry on with the vision. You are not going to see Solomon try to do something different from what God gave to David. Amen? So assuming you are a male leader, you ask yourself the question, if pastor were to be the male leader, what will he do? What kind of things will he initiate? How will he handle issues if he was to be the leader? Because he has a spirit with which he's working. And you must key into that spirit. You've got to synchronize into the spirit of the leader to be able to run your department. Praise the Lord. I was discussing with uh, Kinsley a few days ago when he came to the office. And he was talking to me how we're having problems with the, the worship team when I raise songs. You know? And I said, no. They are not supposed to have a problem with me. I'm not just singing for entertainment's sake. Something comes on me at a particular time. You to keep up because it is prophetic at that moment. You should keep up. You don't need to use your professionalism of worship. No. Even if the song is raw, sing it raw with me like that. Because that is where I am at that moment. I'm not just, I'm not entertaining. So I'm just doing something and I begin to think of the goodness of God in my life. What God have done so far in my life. And a song popped up in my spirit. You can't condition me not to sing it. You should keep up. Because I'm not just singing for entertainment. I'm not. No, 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 no. At that moment, I'm trying to worship God. I'm trying to appreciate Him. So don't stop me. You keep up. Carry your auto, I mean your baritone or your auto, and merge it with my baritone, and let's flow. Now that is the way it works. Because it's not just a matter of, I want to sing and I look for a song. No, no, no. I'm, I'm ministering and, and something just hit me heavily. And I bring it up. You just meet me off where I am. And that will go on. I don't even follow what I'm saying. That's the way it works. Because that thing is prophetic. So, Solomon have to come out and do exactly what David got. He wasn't going to do his own. 
So there's a problem. When you are leading, whatever department you find yourself, just ask yourself a question. If senior pastor was here or resident pastor was here in this team, what will he do? Or what will I do that will satisfy his spirit? Because the spirit is what that is tied to the vision. See what David is saying. All this said, David the Lord made me understand the writing by his hand upon me. That is the key thing. By his hand upon me. So it, it, it prays in the spirit of David. So anything you're doing must synchronize with the spirit of David in building the terminal. Are we together? Okay. Look at Deuteronomy 31 verse number 6. And then 7. Maybe 2, 8. Deuteronomy 31. Verse 6. Be strong. Who is talking? Moses is talking to Joshua. And of good courage. Fear not. Be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God. He it is that God give. Go with thee. He will not fail thee. Nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua. And said unto him. In the sight of all Israel. Be strong and of good courage. For thou must go with this people. Into the land with the Lord. Has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, He it is, that will go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fear thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be what dismayed. Now you got to understand this. Joshua was only fulfilling or bringing to a conclusion that which God gave to Moses. I don't know if you're getting this. So he's taking the instruction from Moses. Now, Joshua's vision becomes Moses' vision. There are not two visions here. Moses already got a vision today, people of the promised land. Joshua is coming in now to anchor what Moses started. So you being a team leader, you are only anchoring the vision that I have. The success of my vision is tied to your obedience to working in what I want done. So, just like Pastor Maxwell was saying, you see, when you disconnect with the leader, then he ends up becoming disobedient to the heavenly vision. I don't know if I get what I'm saying now. Because Moses is not going to anchor the vision. Joshua is anchoring the vision. So if, if Joshua disconnects from Moses' own vision, then Moses has become disobedient to what? To the heavenly vision. And that's very critical for us to understand. That if God chose you, because you must understand this, anybody you are working with, it's not because you want to work with that individual. I've always made this plain to everybody. You never chose yourself. You never had the ability to repent. God gave all of that to you. And wherever you are serving, whoever you are serving with, God chose you to do that. Jesus said that. You have not chosen me. I have chosen you. Now your fruitfulness is tied to the obedience of the one you are working with. 
to fulfill the vision. I don't know if you're getting this. Okay. Again, we saw, just like what we're dealing with in Act 26, Act 26, and then um, verse 17 to 19, that's Paul. When God picked him up on the road, and he said, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, like verse 17, unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And verse 19 says, We are upon O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to what? To the heavenly vision. You don't have to be disobedient to instructions. And I have only said that. Take time to read everything Jesus told Paul. They were very specific. They were very specific. So when we're talking about not disobedient to the heavenly vision, is directly connected to every instruction God ever gives to you. And I'm going to make you see one or two things as we move on. There's a progressive revelation that God brings into the vision has given to you. That is not to say the vision, how do I put it now? There are things he brings alongside the vision to enable, you see. So there's a progressive development, a progressive growth on that same vision. And, and that is why you, you, you require people. That's so. You don't have to come to a place and say, oh no, this is it. And then you don't go to the left and go to the right. That's not the point. I don't know if I get it this. There are a lot of things Paul eventually began to do Remember what he said, I become a Jew to win the Jews. I become a Gentile to win the Gentiles. I become all things to all men. If by so doing, I may win them to Christ. That I become a Jew, I become a Gentile was not part of his original vision, in quote, that God gave to him. Jesus never told him, try to become like a Jew. No, 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 no. I don't know if you're getting that. But this is a progressive revelation. To accomplish the original vision given to him. So you must be open to progressive revelation. I don't know if I get it is. In accomplishing the vision. And that is very, very important. Very, very critical. I just need you to see that. You must be open to progressive revelation. As God begins to unfold them to you. And that also goes to... All of those teamwork that was supposed to be done, choir, um, men, women, fellowship, whatever, team, ushers, they have to be progressive revelation of what you are doing to accomplish your original vision. I don't know if you are getting this. Yeah. That's why you, you, you should, how do I put it? You get out of the box. And begin to see what can I do to make this unit work. Praise the Lord. So let me touch a little bit on spiritual leadership. In Judges chapter 21, as we are accomplishing this, verse 25, Judges 21, verse 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. 
Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's a problem. What has happened here? No leadership. <laughs> so, through spiritual leadership, the man that got the vision must give instruction and direction to the house on the way to go. It's just like Solomon did. I mean, uh, David did to Solomon. Are you there with me? Because there was no leader. Everybody was doing whatever thing they want. So you can't come to church and be doing whatever thing you want. No. Or even try to unnecessarily copy what other people are doing. Sorry to say. Celevision. It's not same with the vision here. So you can't bring select mode of doing things to work here. I don't know if you are getting what I mean. It's very important you understand this. Very, very critical you understand this. Because there was no leader. No one to give direction. No one to give instruction. No one to put a bound. Because sometimes there have to be boundaries that you can step into. But because there was no restraint, because there's no leader to give instruction, everybody was doing what was right in his own eyes. What that means is, everybody in the church had become a visionaire. They all now have visions. Is that okay? Right. Your vision differs from my own. Everybody's vision is different. You see, we don't have a coordinated house. That is why you have to stand up as a leader, just like Master was trying to say, and give direction. And this is what obtains here. This is what works here. And the people have to follow that. Nobody, you see, there was no leaders. Everybody was doing what was right in his own eyes. You know what that means? You can read a lot of things on Facebook now, and then you want to bring them in and all that. They cannot synchronize with the vision of the house. In 1 Corinthians 14 verse 40, Paul made a statement. Let all things be done decently and in order. Let all things be done decently and in order. He is giving instruction to a house on how to function. Is directing the church in Corinth on where to go. I planted. Apollos watered. God give it increase. Now he's saying, having planted, God will bring it increase. This is the way you should conduct yourself. That's leadership. Are we here? More especially when growth begins to come in. I mean, I was so, it's like I was drenched and cold when he was teaching. Because it's like so many things have been left undone which ought to have been done. And so it is sin. So we all have sin. Because the definition of sin is, <laughs> you understand that? Yes. <laughs> you left undone what you ought to have done. It's called sin of transgression. But we've all transgressed because simple instruction, simple manner of conducting newcomers, all of, we lack all of that. So we've all sinned. 
Hallelujah. Is anybody say here? Because there was no leader, and everybody was doing whatever they want. That is not in the house of God. You can do that in the world, but not when you come to the house of God. There has to be a leader. You have to be somebody that gives instruction, that gives directive. And you as a team member should be able to walk in consonant with the leading of the team leader or the house manager, whichever way I want to put that. Praise the Lord. Let me mention a few facts about leadership or spiritual leadership now. One thing is very important, reliability. How reliable are you as a leader? Either your team or in the church, your pastor, local assembly, how reliable are you? In Exodus 33 verse 11, the Bible says that And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. What is that supposed to mean to you? Joshua was so reliable. If you are looking for Joshua, you know where to find him. I don't know if you are getting this. Anytime you are looking for Joshua, you know where to find him. Where? In the tent. That is to say, we should be able largely to predict your spirit. I don't know if you are getting this. (laughs) We should be able, you should be able to go, no, that's not my pastor. This is my pastor. You can predict your pastor's spirit because you know him. Joshua was so reliable that if you are looking for Joshua in Israel, there is only one place you can find him. In the tabernacle. In the midst of all the people, there is only one spot. He was so reliable. So how reliable are you, even as a pastor? Or a team leader, men, women, you know, coordinators, how reliable are you? Because that's one of the things that cause leadership. You see, you can predict my teachings largely. When I use the word predict my teachings, you can actually have a glimpse of the fact that I teach. You know me for that. Is that okay? So, when it comes to teaching, I'm reliable. Because I know my pastor teaches. You know that. That's what I mean. I don't forget what I mean now. Right. We should be able to an extent predict you as a leader. And then, we should be, now we'll come to that much later. Let me not go there. In terms of what you say and all of that. And so, Solomon writing Proverbs 24 verse 21 says, 24, 21 Proverbs, My son, fear thou the Lord and the King, and meddle not with them that are given to change. 
Men that are giving to change fluctuating personalities don't have anything to do with them. Praise the living God. Reliability goes together with dependability. Can I depend on you as a leader? Hmm? So yeah, it's so important to know that a person can be guaranteed to be a definite spiritual position right on the spot, spiritually speaking. When Maxwell teaches, he gives you practical application of what you should do with your life from the world. It's reliable. It's dependable. And by the time he delivers his message, you can definitely pick out what perhaps, even what you were not looking for, you can pick it out. I don't know. At least you will get what you needed to live your life based on what he's talking about. It's dependable, it's reliable. You can't preach and we, we can't, we can't connect with you. That means you are not dependable, you are not reliable. You start a subject and you are ending up on the other side and in fact you, you get us lost along the line. No, 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 no. You don't teach that way. I don't know if you follow what I'm saying now. So there is a definite spiritual position very right on the spot that we can identify with. Just like Joshua can be identified and located in the tent any time of the day. You're looking for Joshua. Where is Joshua? It's in the tent. You open the door of the tent, Joshua is there. It was reliable, it was dependable. Not somebody who is, you know, temperamental, vacillating, you know, variable, unpredictable. That's no leadership. That's no leadership. Praise the Lord. If circumstances are even what people say and do to you and about you, makes you change your position and decisions, and so affect the vision for you negatively, then you are not dependable leader that God expects to lead his children to victory. If what people do, if what people say, if circumstance makes you to change what you were supposed to be doing, that can affect your overall vision, God cannot commit a lot of things into your hand. That means you are not dependable. I don't know if you are following this. I'm going to show you something. I mean, Jesus, you can, you can go through how people, they even said he's a madman, isn't it? They said he's a madman. Apostle Paul, they told he's a madman. They said, most learning have made the mad, Apostle Paul. But all of those languages did not affect or change the overall vision that God gave to Paul or Jesus Christ. And if you are a leader and you don't expect people to talk about you, then you are not prepared to be a leader. Not just talk, even insult you. 
Huh? Praise the Lord. So, a leader is one who never, how much would the cost him be drawn into compromise. He must never be weak. He must never allow policy to override principles. And I want you to know that because it's very important. Joshua was always in the tent. That was a principle. You can't allow policies to override principles in your life. Principles are definite acts and instructions and patterns that you put in place or God has given to you to carry out the overall vision. Praise the living God. So we find that anytime you look for Joshua, he was in the temple. That was a principle. If you, for instance, wake up in the morning and pray for two hours, that was a that is a principle. And you have to be consistent with it. And then God sees you to be reliable. That you by principle determine or desire to be praying two hours. Now, it was not God that told Joshua to always be in the tent. It was just by principle. I don't know if you are getting this. You make a choice of what you are supposed to do for the overall vision to be actualized. They become principles that you must work with. You don't allow policies to override principles in your life. I don't know if you are getting what I'm trying to say here. Praise the Lord. Joshua departed not out of the tabernacle. He was always there. It was a matter of principle. I've decided to live my life staying in the temple. It was a matter of principle. And there's nothing you are going to do to change that in the life of Joshua. Nothing. It's a principle. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Leadership. I don't know. It's my time up. Just let me know. Let's see if I can finish this section. Judges chapter 5. Let's look at uh, verse 1 and 2. If you can take it from a simpler translation, I would love it. Judges chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Then sang Deborah and Barak. Okay, on that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinan, sang this song. Verse 2. When the princess in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. What I want you to see there is, when the princess take the lead, and order willingly to what? Offer themselves. You can't lead the people who are not willing to follow you. I don't know if you're getting this. It is practically impossible to lead the house that the people are not following you. No. 
Radical import. The Bible says they were willingly, they willingly offered themselves unto the leaders. Hallelujah. Therefore, as a pastor, as a leader in your team, it's not about all oh, this plan of following me, all oh, this plan of no, 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 no. You have to be able to walk yourself into the position where they recognize that of the truth, you are the leader, and they have to willingly follow you. That means you are not going to coerce anybody to follow you. You can't force anybody to follow you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are we together? They willingly offer themselves. We are ready to follow. That means there's something they must have seen in these people. Huh? You know, how many of you understand? I think, look, when people were coming to Jesus, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. How many of you understand that? Willingly. That means you must develop some spiritual capacity that people can see and be willing to follow without you coercing them. As far as spiritual leadership is concerned, you don't force people to do anything. They have to do it willingly. Even given is willing. I don't know if I get it now. Even given. You see, Moses, in, I think in Exodus 25 or so, was building the tabernacle and he said, any man that is willing, let her bring. You remember that? He didn't go about say, hey, look, everybody, hey, look, you must, you must bring this. Uh, you say, no, let's divide it. Let's divide the work. No, 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 no. It was willingly. They offered willingly to the building of the tabernacle. And the Bible said, those gods stirred their heart. That means there were some people that God didn't stir their heart. And you can't force them to bring when God never touched them. That means for them to willingly follow you, God is going to touch them. That is why you must build yourself up in leadership vertically before you begin to spread yourself horizontally. You must build yourself up vertically. That God has to become you. You become God. Both of you have become one and they have no option but to follow. Vertical development. First, Praise the Lord. Let me just take this. Uh, I'm told I have five minutes more. Leadership is not ambition. Hallelujah. Write that down. Leadership is not ambition. I want to. I want to. No, it's not ambition. Even the people that went to Jesus, I want to follow Jesus, said, the son of man have nowhere to lay his head. You have ambition to follow me. I don't have a space for you. It's not ambition. <laughs> you need to get it right. Huh? That is why knowing that you are appointed by God is a choice that you have made. And that's why you must humble yourself to fulfill that choice that he made of you. If he ever picks you as a pastor, as a leader, male leader, women leader, whatever. If he ever picks you, that office will humble you. That God made a choice of you. It's not an ambition. How do I know that? Judges 6 verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in opera. 
Judges what? 6-11. That pertained unto Joash, the Abiazarite, and his son Gideon, thresh wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. It was not an open display. He was doing what was doing behind the scene. God picked him out. Your service in the church could lead to your promotion. Behind the scene. True leadership is behind the scene, not in the open. Is anybody following this? True leadership, I repeat, is behind the scene, not what you do in the open. He was trading caught behind the scene and asking the question, where be the God of our fathers? Where be those miracles? But it was behind the scene. There was no ambition in his heart to be a leader. But he was doing the job. Are you still there with me? Some of you, why you don't make progress even in your spiritual work is because you have you have resolved or determined not to do the many things that men even will not recognize. You've refused to do that. How many of you understand that even Moses had to take care of sheep behind the scene? And you know what that means? Because in Israel, women were also taking care of sheep, maybe of their fathers, and they had to fetch water from the well. How many of you remember where Rebecca was met? By the well. Good. Meaning, Moses was helping women to fetch water for them to feed their sheep. And guess what? He was feeding the sheep of another man, not his own sheep. But that alone was a practical school that God had to take Moses through to be able to lead Israel. The practical things, the minor things, the, the simple things that they think, in fact, your day-to-day lifestyle, even at your home, even at your home, praise the Lord. I know in, in Africa, you, if you wash place in the kitchen, then you are woman rapper, isn't it? No, but you see, the Bible talks to us about daily lifestyle. Now, maybe I'll, I'll stop here, but read Romans 12, verse 2, message translation. Let me show you. Are you done with me? Right. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from inside out, readily recognizing what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Verse 2 is what I'm looking for. I'm speaking to you. What is that? Verse 2 said. That's what he just read. What are you saying there? Okay, go to verse 1 if that's what you want. Go to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Praise the Lord. So here is what I want you to do. God helping you. Take what? Your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and walking around life 
and place it before, before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. What do you say you should do? Take your everyday life and place it before God. That means whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So even washing plates in the kitchen is service to God. I don't know if you're getting that. So if you ask to lead people, don't think it's just so ordinarily because I'm not a pastor. That is not it. Your everyday life, your everyday life. And how many times have I said this? The way you make your bed before you sleep on it is very important to God. You may say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Right. I think if your bed is so rough looking, angels will not even come on to get close to that place. After all, God is an excellent God, isn't it? The way you serve table when you are eating is important. How many of you understand? Did you see what happened to the queen of Sheba? A whole queen melted because of the way of the way Solomon table was furnished for him to eat. Not the quality, but the way it was prepared. The cutleries were in place. The water was in place. They, they, everything, the, when the woman saw it, said, oh, no, 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 no. I need to be in love with this man. Huh? So Solomon got a baby, I mean, a child from, from the woman called Menelik. They had a child together who finally became also the king of Ethiopia when the mother died. But how did that happen? Just looking at the table, the way this man, how do you serve table? How do you prepare food? No, how do you minister to people? <laughs> serving table. Look at, look at Philip. Philip was serving table before God moved him to become an evangelist. Your promotion comes from these menial things. And this way you demonstrate leadership. Practical leadership, whether in the home, whether in the church, this is where you demonstrate practical leadership. Gideon was trading come behind the scene, not a public display, not an ambition to become a leader. Philip was serving table as a deacon. God took him to Samaria. From Samaria, he took him to, to, to the man, I mean, the eunuch. Is that okay? And take him to the eunuch, meaning he was giving him a whole nation. You see that? From serving table, he took him to Samaria, a city. From Samaria, he took him to a eunuch. A eunuch was in charge of the palace of the queen in Ethiopia. That means he was speaking to a whole nation. Because the man was going to carry the news or the gospel to Ethiopia. Serving table raises you. Gideon was doing this behind the scene. Leadership is not ambition. God help you and God help me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.